We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. Welcome into another Green Mop Podcast. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young of K-State Online and Cole Manbeck, former K-State beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. Celebration pod. It's an emergency pod because Dylan Edwards today committed to K-State at uh, Derby High School. Had a little ceremony today, and he picks the Wildcats over what Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, plenty of other offers. It's a huge get. Four stars, according to the 24-7 composite. Three-star on rivals, but... One of the top five players consensus in the state of Kansas and represents a huge boost of momentum for the Wildcats. A huge boost of momentum for the Wildcats on the recruiting trail in this 2023 class. So we're very excited to be bringing that to you today. And if you're looking to celebrate, make sure you hit up Holiday Distillery. They bring you 360 vodka if that's more your speed. You can also go with the Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon as well. If you want to uh, sip a little bit of that, raise your glass to uh, Dylan Edwards and, hey, Taylor Bratt. Colin Klein, Chris Kleiman, everybody who's helping this uh, recruiting wave right now. Thad Ward, Brian Anderson, everybody who's helping out in getting K-State to where they're at right now. So I'll be honest, D.Y., and I, you, you can certainly attest to this. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, there were pods I can remember probably two months ago where I was not really optimistic we would ever be doing this pod uh, about landing one of these major kids from the state of Kansas K-State has now done that by locking down Dylan Edwards, a target they've been after for a long time, a legacy, dad played at K-State, a wild topsy-turvy recruitment. I really do feel like a lot of us, myself included, never thought K-State would be able to win one of these really competitive recruitments that goes up and down like this. And I know we've talked a lot about like, hey, we just weren't used to being involved in many of these battles. We weren't, and we're also not used to winning these battles. So I don't, I don't really know what to do with my hands here at this point. Now that Dylan Edwards is a cat, yeah, and it's it's kind of good to get the monkey off your back. Although, I mean, Andre Davis is pretty good too, and he just committed right. less, less than a yeah. week ago. So I think you kind of got two of the five big ones taken care of, and you, and 
probably feels extra good because there was probably a little bit of that. Oh my gosh, here we go again. When Joe Otting didn't go their way, right. When he ended up picking Notre Dame after a visit to South Bend. So Andre Davis commitment and Al Dell Edwards commitment, it's kind of got the train back moving in the right direction. Um, you feel like momentum's on your side, um, especially when you have, you, you know, you have two more left that you're hoping to land, of course, and, and Avery Johnson and, and John Randall Jr. as well. So, no, this is, I mean, it, is it their best recruiting win since they've been in Manhattan? I I think that it has to be. I know yes. people yeah. will say, say Jake Rubley was a consensus four-star, and I think that he was, but I'm not sure that at the end of the day when they got to the finish line that the competition was as steep, and I don't know if the, the commitment is as meaningful. So at the end of the day, I think this is the biggest one that they've gotten. Do you agree with that, Cole? Biggest? Certainly one of the biggest. I, I, I think when you look at the teams they were going up against, I, I think you could make an argument and you classify, you know, one of the top in-state players and one of the best recruiting classes in the state of Kansas in a long time. I, I think you could make a case that it certainly is the biggest win that this staff has had. I, I would probably go with that. Uh, and this has been a lengthy recruitment. I feel like DY has been telling us about Dylan Edwards for 18 months since he put him on our radar after his sophomore year at Derby. K-State really prioritized this recruitment, and it was a bit of a roller coaster because K-State was his first offer, and then as a K-State fan, you're not used to winning a lot of these battles or going up against some of these powerhouse programs and coming out on top and watching the offers flood in, and then that Oklahoma offer hits, right? And you start seeing him make comments that Oklahoma was a school that he always idolized growing up. He takes multiple visits to OU and start to think this isn't going to go K-State's direction. Uh, It's a huge recruiting win. Uh, You know, the patience by K-State staff, the relentlessness, all the time spent recruiting Dylan Edwards has paid off, paid dividends. And, you know, you're getting an elite talent here that comes to Manhattan, 2,600 rushing yards last year at Derby, over 3,200 all-purpose yards, one of the fastest players in the country. In fact, you know, I was looking at some of his game speed metrics. This was a tweet I found from the underclassmen report that the five fastest players of 2023 players in the country as measured by their verified max speed metric, Dylan Edwards came in at number three in the country at over 22 miles per hour in game speed, which is elite speed. The three of the other five guys, three of the other four guys on that list are all ranked in the top 130 players in the entire country. So elite talent that he's in the mix with just game breaking speed. When you watch his highlights, DY seen him in person, he runs away from everybody. He outruns pursuit angles on guys. Uh, so this is just a home run weapon that K-State's going to have a lot of fun utilizing. Yeah, it was a very contentious recruitment too, like you said. And I think almost more contentious than Jake Rubel, even though he had a pretty good offer list too. So that's why I kind of said Edwards was the biggest one. And, you know, they're leaving the conference, but it's nice to get the, that kind of recruiting win against Oklahoma and getting one over, you know, essentially on Brent Venables because – you know, Jaron Canick is going there um, since they flipped the Clemson kid. So, and, uh, and obviously Kansas State wanted him. So it, I think it's, you know, just bit, it's definitely the most meaningful and symbolic um, pickup that they've had thus far. And really probably getting glossed over in the fa- is that, you know, they have, you know, what, four in-state commitments right now, I believe. And three of them are from the Wichita area, which has been just hard to break through for the Wildcats for the right. longest time. 
Yeah, well, like Brees Hall gets away and has a phenomenal career at Iowa State, now onto the NFL. This one did not get away. K-State locked this one down. This is one that, I mean, being a legacy, obviously that, that helps get you a leg up and get you started. And they were able to do so with one of the, you know, a very modern recruitment, like a, a recruitment that K-State is not used to being heavily involved in, like we talked about, and, and certainly not used to coming out with, with the W on top there. So I definitely want to set aside some time to talk about what he is as a player, which Cole already has some. I'll, I'll let Derek expand upon that because D-Wise watched a ton of him and uh, definitely trust D-Wise eye as, as a talent scout here. But, I mean, to me, and I'm typically the guy that focuses more on narratives, I this will be something that makes a lot of people cringe, especially like Bill Snyder, you know, who would always say, like, when we would ask him about recruits at the signing day press conference, well, ask me in four years, you know, we'll see what this guy turns into. I, this is almost one, and it, I think Dylan Edwards will be a great player. I mean, with that kind of speed, like you, there are a million ways case they can use him. They've already used a small back to incredible success with what Deuce Vaughn has done at K-State. But it, it almost feels like this is one of those recruitments where I, I don't care all that much what he actually does. I think so much of it is just like symbolic. And like so much of the momentum that you get from this is the real prize and i know it seems silly man but like the going back to that 2020 class like they struggled with a great in-state class they struggled with the in-state kids and we talked about flipping the narrative about what it means to go to k-state for these in-state kids and it felt almost impossible like you had this stale brand at the end of snyder 2.0 that was not cool at all not sexy not attractive felt like they were getting a little bit of somewhere with that 2020 class and then the pandemic hits and you can't bring anybody into Manhattan. And that really stunted the growth of this staff and being able to recruit. Well, now they're out of that and they seem to have completely turned the tide. And so it's about Dylan Edwards. It's also about Andre Davis. It's about how they competed for Joe Otting. It's about what we expect will happen with Avery Johnson, hopefully here within the next couple of weeks. Like to me, so much of this is just about the momentum and what it means and what they're doing like brand wise for K-State right now, because for these in-state kids, these kids that have been going everywhere all across the country, I mean, Canick was committed to Clemson before he obviously ends up at Oklahoma. These kids have wanted to go anywhere, but stay in state. And now you have the best in-state class we've seen in a while. And it looks like all the cream at the top is rising to Manhattan freaking Kansas. And uh, I just cannot understate, <clears throat> excuse me, how important I think that is. No, I, I think, you know, maybe establishing a trend that you hope is can extend beyond this class. I, I could totally understand that. You have to, in, in a way, and it sounds stupid, right? You got to make it cool to stay home. Um, that's what they got to do. And, and obviously having Dylan Edwards and maybe down the line, someone like Avery Johnson, I think those are the two that can kind of flip that narrative the most because I think they're probably two of the more well-known recruits in the state of Kansas in the last five, maybe 10 years. So I think that that's meaningful. You did discuss that 2020 recruiting class and how it did not go their way with guys similarly rated, even though I think there was probably fewer of them, um, but it was still a pretty good class. Don't get me wrong, but I would just like to say, I hope this class does a little bit better than that one. Cause if you look back on that one, Many of those guys have not turned out to be what we thought they were going to be at some point. And maybe they would have if they would have went to Kansas State. That should be maybe the spin zone that the coaching staff can use going forward. It, I think it's really important these guys do have success because not only it, it's kind of twofold. 
obviously it helps Kansas State win football games. These guys turn out to be good, but it helps create that brand that it's cool to stay home and that Kansas State, the in-state school, can develop this talent and get you on the radar and put you in the NFL and you can win a lot of football games and will help kind of create that momentum moving ahead into the future to stay in-state, you know, and make K-State the, the cool school to stay with and you know, so I, I think it's a big deal that some of these guys really develop and have success early on, you know, the Avery Johnsons, the Dylan Edwards, and I think they will. Um, you know, it might take a little bit of time for them to get on the field, but uh, these guys are very talented and, you know, especially Edwards. I mean, Avery, obviously, extremely talented. Quarterback's a more difficult position, but, I mean, you look at Edwards, D.Y., his pass catching ability too. I, mean, I was watching his highlights. They, you know, he gets a lot of catches in the screen game that he can stretch the field in the passing game. He runs some seam routes. He's got good hands. So uh, it's an all-around weapon that K-State can utilize. And remember, you're, most of the time, uh, a lot of people will say this sometimes, I guess, your best recruiters are your current players. And I know that Dylan Edwards' kind of social media footprint is a lot to take in at times, but that's also helped him become pretty popular and kind of that it personality in a way too. And if he's on and he's going to be on campus now for you would hope the next three or four years, right? And he's going to be a heck of a recruiter when they try to attack the state of Kansas going forward. And you could say the same thing if they were to land Avery Johnson. Not only are they going to help you out on the football field and hopefully break that trend of, and try to make these make it cool to stay at home and play for Kansas State, but they'll be able to tell the the, the next batch of Kansas prospects, right? that this was the right decision for them and that they wouldn't have done it any other way. So it's just, it's good news all around and it can really be something that can be uh, built upon moving forward. And the one thing I would say, talented players want to play with other talented dudes, right? And so you're starting to see some guys make visits to Manhattan that are, you know, highly recruited guys that may not have visited before that weren't maybe on K-State's radar previously in the past because they see guys like Avery Johnson leaning toward K-State, perhaps Dylan Edwards coming to K-State, Andre Davis. They want to play with other talented players. And so this momentum it's creating is opening up doors for Kansas State on the recruiting trail in other areas, not just in-state. Totally agree with all of that. And I, I think it's very important. And I think you have to give the staff a lot of credit for sticking with the selling point to these Kansas kids of like, come stay home and be the dude. Because D.Y., you can lend more insight to this, but you think back to 2020, it was like trying to sell it to like Kai Thomas, Turner Corcoran. Um, I'm probably blanking on some of the guys that were even involved. Hayden, there were other offensive linemen, yeah. Alex Kahn. Um, Hayden Pauls. Yeah. Hayden Pauls. Yeah. Well, then it was last year, Jaron Canick. Like that was the pitch. And remember all that late Hayden momentum Pauls. that they had with Canick where they, they seemingly finished runner up to him. They got him in on that official visit late. He soaked up all the love from K-State fans, and there was some hope that you'd be able to keep him home, even though this is a kid with Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma offers. They they didn't quite get him. He goes from Hayes to Norman, Oklahoma, but they they were close. And they, despite finishing second for so many of these guys, like they stuck with it, they stuck with it. And this now feels like the big crescendo and, and the final breakthrough on that. And I, I just think it would be very easy to get really discouraged with that. It would be easy to start focusing more of your efforts out of states but they, they were very persistent with all of these kids. And a big piece of that is Avery Johnson too. And, and, you know, I mean, they're like leaning at the tape if they can get across the finish line on that one also. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's could be a class. I mean, I said, I think I said it on our last show, it'll be a, it is you know, progressing into a class that we will be speaking about from a historical 
context, and that's a good thing for K-State. Okay, so let me ask you this. How how committable at this point was the Oklahoma offer? Like, I, I not that all I, this is really that important. This is yeah, incredibly important I, for K-State in the end, but, you know, Oklahoma at one point seemed committable. Was it committable here at the end? What about Nebraska, Missouri? Like, how do you view what his options were at the end of the day? Well, first, I, I would say I think you just picked Kansas State. I don't think it was like, oh, you know, my options are dwindling. Now I got to do this. I think he just flat out picked Kansas State. Uh, was Oklahoma commendable today? I don't know after they, they added Caleb Hicks, but up until that point, um, there was times where I was skeptical, but I'll, I'll say this. Everyone that's pretty well-versed in Oklahoma recruiting thinks that they would have taken Dylan Edwards at any time. So, um, And they probably know more about it than I do, so I would – you know, lean on that more than my own suspicions, of course, because it's at times it just seemed like the relationship between those two was a little wonky. Um, but I mean, they kept visiting him. They brought him in for their big spring game, you know, party that they that they wanted to throw, and I'm sure that was probably an exclusive club that they invited. And then they official visited him as well in June. So um, everything that they did and operated tells us that Oklahoma was definitely real recruitment and a real opportunity for him that he could have taken. And I think the same applies for Nebraska, um, you know, speaking to those kind of with knowledge of what they are doing, I think they were pretty bummed um, that they didn't get it. So I think they thought that they had kind of made a late push that maybe got them back into the conversation. So I think that uh, he was a lot more heavily recruited than uh, even some of us would have thought. He, uh, he is a, a very hot commodity. I mean, there's not, his size probably prevents him from becoming that, you know, no doubter that gets every offer in the country. Mechanic level, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like uh, you know, he's not getting like the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. But if he's, you know, a couple inches taller, he's probably – I mean, this you'd be hard-pressed to find an, another player in the country that's as much of a home run hitter with the ball in his hands than Dylan Edwards. All right, so let me give you the opportunity then, Derek, to describe what, what you see in him as a player. I mean, Cole outlined the speed, third fastest kid in the country right now. It's, I mean, that's the thing that you'll pick up very quickly watching uh, the highlight reel of, yeah. of Dylan Edwards. But, you know, an easy comparison, let me give you this as a jumping off point, is, oh, well, K-State has a diminutive small running back in Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Much like Deuce came in and everybody was like, ah, hey, it's like Darren Sproles. Now, yeah. Vaughn. now Dylan Edwards, small back with great speed. But, I mean, how, how different of a player is he? What, what's your scouting report of what people can expect from Dylan Edwards? You could probably use him in the same way, but I don't think they're that much that similar um, other than both being pretty diminutive and in height. I think Edwards is a little thinner. I don't know if he's ever going to be as thick as Deuce. Um, Deuce pretty thick. And that's, yeah, that, that's what helps. yeah, that's what helps with his durability. Um, and Edwards probably needs to get to that point if it's possible just to help with durability at some point because, you know, those things happen. It's football. It's a physical game. Um, but with Edwards, he's faster than Deuce Vaughn and he's more explosive than Deuce Vaughn. Dylan Edwards is more explosive probably than anybody on the team right now. I mean, his explosion is world-class. It's a rare. Um, that's why he should be at least a four-star. Having someone with just that kind of home run ability that just accelerates the top speed and basically two steps. And that top speed is 22, 23 miles per hour. That's just insane that he's not at least a four star, even if he's only five foot eight or, or whatever it is. So it's just, that's what he is. He's a home run hitter, man. You get the ball in his hands and he's, his top speed is ridiculous and he gets there in a flash. 
and that's what makes them special because you put you put the ball in someone's hands like that that can get, go that fast that quickly. It doesn't matter what level of football playing; they're they're pretty dangerous. And Kansas State's been you know in need of a lot of offensive firepower. Um, I haven't had a bunch outside of Deuce Vaughn, so this is just what the doctor ordered for them. I would say Deuce is probably a little bit more laterally elusive, um, just as you know, the way he makes people miss is a little bit different, right? That's what makes Deuce, I think, uh, special. And, and just the way that he can be durable and bounce off guys and and have that contact balance. Uh, Edwards is just a little bit more different in the way he goes about it. I mean, they can probably be used similarly similarly, um, because he can be a pass-catching option just like Deuce and be very, very good at it, natural hands, of course. But, uh, yeah, I would say Edwards probably better at the vertical stuff, Deuce better at the lateral stuff. Well, I even think back to like, I mean, Keon Mosey, he was only here for a minute, but he had like this crazy speed and they were throwing him the ball, you know, they think of the Oklahoma game, the catch that he had there. Yeah. Like, is that, is he like a souped up version of Keon Mosey? I mean, that's is a, that a that, better that's comp? Probably a little bit better, but it, it's hard to get a cop for Dylan that you're going to feel great about just because I don't know how many players I can name or off the bat that have that kind of just acceleration and explosiveness. Um, I mean, you, you could see that sometimes, you know, in some of those defensive ends that come off the edge where it's just like, geez, you know, but he's that way as an offensive player that can make people miss and just dynamite in the open field. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, Keon Mosey type speed, though, because Mosey can really fly. And probably a, a weapon that they can use in special teams early on, too, right? I mean, that, that's a chance for him to see the field. You look at yeah, what he did. perhaps. Yeah. It's just tough with guys that size on special teams. It's a good way to get hurt. Yeah. Did he, has he, I mean, I would guess he's done a lot of that at Derby. I mean, is he oh, yeah. returning kicks? Uh, I, I probably, I mean, I, I, I saw he, yeah. him play twice, yeah. Yeah, he had, uh, he had three or four special teams touchdowns this last year on punt returns. In fact, he has one where he chases down a ball that mm-hmm. bounces inside the five-yard line, retrieves it, and then just takes it to the house. Uh, so, I mean, I, certainly a guy that you could use on occasion on special teams. But to D.Y.'s point, you know, the running back room, is not that deep in all likelihood going into the 2023 season with Deuce expected to be gone. So uh, they're probably going to have to utilize him on the field at running back. And so you might not want him taking hits, especially. Yeah. Teams. And after the first few games of his freshman season, Deuce was a regular. He was like, you know, he kind of got slowly worked in through a non conference and then just took off. I mean, let's assume. Oh, we, can, we know they got Dylan Edwards. Even if they were to get John Reynold too, I mean, there's a there would be a clear scenario where both of those guys are getting the ball a lot um, right away. Uh, I think just because Deuce isn't there, maybe DJ Giddens takes off. We'll see. Um, they're pretty high on him as well. Uh, but this alleviates. It gives you a little bit more breathing room at running back after Deuce leaves for sure. You feel a lot bit a lot better because Dylan Edwards is the same kind of playmaker. How about this is a storyline. K State got a kid from Derby. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I mean, my guy, Brandon I remember, Clark. I Brandon remember, Clark, my guy, I remember my a guy, conversation. He's been shipping off everybody, all corners of the country, and never, never helping out the cats. Devin Hedgepeth, Oklahoma State. Uh, I want to say Denzel, DeAndre Goolsby, right? That winds up at Florida. Like Khan goes to Nebraska. Like, for the love of God, man, you finally gave us one. Thank you for repaying your alma mater, Brandon. I've always stood up for you for how BS that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty was in the Colorado game in 2001 when you simply signaled for a first down 
and you haven't repaid it until now. So thank you. I still remember. I went to the Derby Mays game last year, which was just a, a fantastic game. Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards just both go off. Um, the game almost went over time. I think it was a one-point game at the end of the time. Um, Avery almost with a crazy comeback. Uh, it's one of the best games I've seen a quarterback play in, in real real life, um, live from, from Avery Johnson. Dylan Edwards still had four touchdowns. So it was crazy himself. But I spoke to Brandy Clark after the game, and it was on the record. It was a quote I used. It was on the site. But he, he but he did not like hold back his Kansas State fandom. He, I mean, people probably think because of what's happened at Derby that maybe he just has bitter feelings. He does, and he's still a massive Kansas State supporter. He told me on the record with the with the recorder going that he he was hoping like heck that Kansas State would get both Avery Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards. Okay, I forgot about that. All right. Well, well, either way, Brandon, I mean, I was thanking you in the first place, but uh, thank you again. Uh, any final final thoughts here on uh, the Dylan Edwards commitment before we get to two guys that, man, I, I was telling you guys in the group chat, like I, I felt almost bad for them because everybody's waiting on pins and needles for Avery and Dylan. And we knew that bring on the cats was going to come out twice from Taylor Pratt and it not be those guys. So you don't want to get them too overshadowed, but some pretty nice pickups that we'll get to in a second, but anything to close the book on, on Dylan Edwards right now. Uh, just, uh, I think it's, uh, it'll be, it's a sign of things to come. I think. Okay. Sign of things to come. How about that? DY with a nice little tease for everybody. That's great. <laughs> As we go to break, man, this is like professional radio. It's almost like we used to do this or something. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get you up to speed on K-State's, to commitments previous to Dylan Edwards here in the past week as the Wildcats are red freaking hot right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, now we have to talk about the two commitments that came in before Dylan Edwards. I mean, this is crazy right now, the way all of this is happening. We are not used to this as K-State fans. It's pretty awesome. Uh, K-State picked up commitments from linebacker Colin Dunn, 5'6", three-star. They picked up a commitment from a three-star safety in Cameron Solace. Um, I'll cede the floor to you, Derek, on where you think we should start on this, which one is is more significant and what K-State is getting out of these two. 
Um, and what significance, I'll go call and done just because of the way it unfolded. Uh, the linebacker that will probably play the Sam linebacker position in the 3-3-5 three, three, because Kansas State was still kind of figuring out what direction they wanted to go in at linebacker, so they were probably not pushing as hard as they ultimately wanted because I think they were just kind of feeling out the roster and everything of that nature. But at that point, he's getting pursued and pushed hard by West Virginia and Pittsburgh and I think Maryland. Um, and he had a visit for Pittsburgh scheduled for this upcoming weekend. And those schools are trying like heck to recruit him and Kansas State's still trying to figure out the direction of what they want to do. As soon as they did, they invite him in on official visit and he schedules it for that weekend. And instead of, you know, continuing to consider West Virginia and instead of ultimately going to Pittsburgh on that planned official visit the following weekend, he just says, ah, I'm good and commits to the Wildcat. So it, I'm not saying there was little to no effort, but you can kind of tell just the, I guess the, the way they're recruiting, the comfort that they have and the, maybe the cachet and the clout that they've somehow built up or maybe improved process of some nature because this just wasn't happening, right, the last few years. Yeah. They just they just, they just just break into this recruitment with other Power 5 programs and blow them away and sprint past them, and it wasn't even close. So Colin Dunn, they recruited him well. I mean, they, they've had him on a few visits. I think it was a, the official visit this past weekend was his third um, overall trip to Manhattan. So they've just been on him. I think it's just that consistency and everything that applied to that. So I'll say that in significance, just because of the process and how it unfolded, I would go call and done. But I wouldn't sell Cameron Saul short. Um, pretty good safety. I will say this when I was uh, went and watched the film because uh, there wasn't a whole lot on him before Wildcats landed him. They kind of came on late with that one and just closed fast too. Um, not a whole lot of other suitors involved, of course, and I'm not sure how legitimate some of them were either, but Kansas State saw him at TCU's mega camp. Uh, you know, a lot of these schools now have these huge camps where they just bring in a ton of different coaching staffs, and that way they can have just the ungodly amount of, you know, participants there, and everyone just evaluates big, big-time camp. And Kansas State saw him there and fell in love with him and offered him on the spot. Um, so that was pretty meaningful to me. And when I watched the tape, I kind of got a TJ Smith vibe from him because I remember watching a film on TJ Smith and it felt the same, which makes sense because they're going to play the same position in Manhattan so that they would be similar. But the only thing, the, the, and the difference between him and TJ Smith is a good one and not, not a knock on TJ Smith, but I thought Solace looked faster and looked much longer than TJ Smith. So maybe getting a souped up version of TJ Smith, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I, I saw similar DY. Uh, when I watched the highlights of Solace, and again, I'm not a, a talent expert. When I watched that, you know, he looks 6'1", 6'2", good speed. He chases down guys that are well ahead of him, takes great angles, runs them down, shows shows good speed. And he's got that length that you talk about that K-State covets in the secondary. Uh, and this looks like a guy that's going to probably get some power five offers as there's more tape on him and after his season continues on into his senior year this year down in the state of Texas. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets more offers. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the hype of the in-state kids. I think we're all pretty obsessed right now over what's going on there. But the bottom line is you look at a guy like Colin Dunn, this is a guy that probably is a top five or top six recruit in the K-State recruiting class over the last several years. And now you're hoping he's maybe the 10th or 11th best recruit in this K-State class. This is a really talented kid. He's a 5.63 star. D.Y. rattled off some of his offers. You know, Pitt wanted him to take that official visit. Pat Narduzzi 
the head coach of Pitt. He's a defensive-minded guy, came from Michigan State previously, had really good defenses there. And, you know, Pitt's the ACC champion this last year. So that's that's not an offer to be taken lightly. West Virginia wanted him, and you you mentioned Maryland as well. So a guy with multiple Power 5 offers that K-State was able to close on. Some recruiting sites list him as a safety just because of his size, but to me that makes him that perfect fit for the Sam linebacker position yep. that you mentioned, D.Y., that he's going to be that versatile guy that fits in really well there. So I think K-State fans should be excited about both commits that they got, uh, just building on some of the other in-state talent that K-State's acquiring. And I did, and I did say that needed that defensive jolt, and that might have been in the group chat. I don't know if it was on the three mall episode, the last one, but I said they needed a defensive jolt. Um, this certainly helps in that department. So uh, hopefully, things that sign things to come on the defensive side. I do feel good about them landing. Hopefully, cornerback Donovan McIntosh this weekend as well. Yeah, and I can remember. I mean, the point that you make about picking out a guy early and evaluating him early. I, I remember even going back to like the first recruiting class or two of climbing and company talking about like when they, when, when it was the guys that they were in on early at these camps that they saw and identified, like generally those played out pretty well. Like it seemed like their talent evaluation was pretty good. It was a matter of actually closing on some of these guys. And another thing I would throw in, I mean, West Virginia, I know, I don't think anybody would scoff at that as an offer on its face, but even beyond that, I mean, you talk about schools that have been pretty hot here recruiting, whether it's in the portal or with high school recruiting. Neil Brown's been pretty red hot at West Virginia. So, like, that's, again, competition that is, like, head coach v. head coach. So we're both finalists for the K-State job. So you're always paying attention to how they're doing head-to-head -head up against each other. And also, I mean, West Virginia had a lot of momentum and a lot of reason to believe that they could – uh, surely land a kid over over K-State. But this this has been a couple wins now where West Virginia, if you go back to like the, the 2022, the end of the 2022s that, that they were bringing in here, right? Yeah, and and really if you extend it into the, the end of the, the transfer portal kind of thing when they were picking out Jane Jackson and Gavin Forsha and Jordan Wright, I mean, these intense Power 5 battles that they're getting involved with, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it sure seems like they're hitting – and over 50% of them in the last several last handful of months, which is a pretty impressive rate for any team. Um, I mean, I think, I think even the blue bloods would feel pretty good about that kind of clip. So uh, hopefully it doesn't come back to earth anytime soon or a regression to the norm. But right now the rate that they're hitting on these power five recruiting battles is pretty uh, impressive. And I, it's usually not a rate that is sustainable for any program, but I, I hope it is. And John, you made it. You made a great point on the camps. And DY has talked about it before as well. When this staff sees guys in the camps, they've been great talent evaluators. How many times have we seen K State be the first Power Five offer for so many of these kids? CJ Stroud, right? <laughs> was he? Was K State one of the first? Right? Uh, the, I don't know if they're one of the first. They got. They had the first official visit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah okay. You know, you look at Cade McIntyre this year, who just committed to Oklahoma, right? K State, really the first Power Five offer, a kid out of Nebraska. Then he just completely explodes. Tennessee offers. You know, they, Oklahoma ends up landing him. But you, it's easy to look at these offer sheets when K State offers. You're like, oh, he doesn't have any other Power Five offers. But typically, those are the guys that end up exploding. Uh, you know, K State has is usually first to the party when it comes to a lot of these kids. So I really trust their evaluations on these guys when, when they get to see them, especially in person in these camps. I mean, even Canik, weren't they, were they the first yeah. offer for Canik? Yeah. yeah, they were. There's another one. I think uh, they were the first for Caden Crawford too, which probably should be paired yeah. with Canik in terms of the bitter, 
bitter loss to an in-state right. game. Yeah. You're right. That, that was that was a tough one last year too. Uh, we can't do a pod DY without Avery Johnson watch. Everybody's still waiting here. Three visits are done. Washington, Oregon, K State. Um, what are you expecting as far as the timeline on the decision here and and where K State sits? I don't think the selection process has changed in terms of who is being favored. So that's status quo. And I felt good about Kansas state for a while, but at this point, and I just spoke to his mother about it as well. Um, and it'll be July 5th when he makes his decision. Um, so after the elite 11. So we got to wait, huh? It's June 22nd, man. I thought it was like June 29th or something. So that's, we're going to wait like it'll two weeks. After, two yeah. weeks. It'll be after the Elite 11, but they have it booked because it's going to be out of school. So it's actually scheduled and um, booked I, and taken care of. I blame you guys for bringing that up on the last podcast about waiting until the Elite 11 or after. So thanks, guys. That's on no, you. We, we said during, but... <laughs> we were, we were, yeah, we were trying to pitch like... Whatever. Go down I want to try to pitch an email announcement on ESPN. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What is there any danger... Is there any danger in him blowing up at Elite 11 and that changing the complexion of the recruitment? Uh, never say never, uh, but I don't think he is really open to that. But you say that now when it happens, who knows, right? So I, I Because isn't there, isn't there like a quarterback musical chairs going on between like I mean, Oregon obviously is a part yeah, of this. Well, I right don't now, think but like, oh, yeah. but like A&M and LSU, aren't they involved here in this like – where the I mean, there is an interesting web of quarterback openings still at a variety of various programs that are known to be prominent. So that's why I said never say never. I mean, it's you can't really say anything definitive, but I think he has his mind made up on where he wants to go. And you made an important point to us, D.Y. Oh, the dead period? The dead period, yeah. The dead period starts it. June 27th, and it goes until the end of July. So – if he could, you know, actually take a visit this weekend, that they they don't plan to do that. So I'm not trying to freak anyone out. But once he gets past this weekend, there is no visits that he can take between now and his decision on July 5th. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, emergency pod season is a good thing right now for uh, for K State fans because if we're having them, it means K State is pulling in big time recruits, and we continue to do this. So. Appreciate the support, as always, from Holiday Distillery. Check out 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday Bottled and Bomb Bourbon to celebrate all these recruiting Ws that uh, K-State is picking up at rapid speed right now. Always appreciate the work of Tucker Franklin behind the scenes for Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. I'm John Kurtz. Spread the word to your friends. Thanks for listening to 3Mom. We'll talk to you again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.